Grace and consequence. Why does God still want us to face the consequences of our choices? Uh, this is one of the things that get me very excited. Uh, I get up in the morning to think. I know it sounds strange, but I get up in the morning to think about these things. Because, I mean, this is the things that, are, that is vitally important for us to think about. So that we as Christians can actually have an intelligent answer when the world is asking questions of us uh, regarding our faith and our belief system and our worldview. Why does God want us to face the consequences? I know this sounds strange, but He loves us. And that is why he wants us to face the consequences. Sometimes the only way, uh, I almost want to sing a Lana's Morissette song. I don't know if you remember it. But she said the only way, uh, uh, the only way out is through, right? <laughs> so if you want to get out the, out of the forest, you need to get through the forest. Out of the storm, you get you need to get through the storm. And that is sometimes the best way that we can learn. God allows certain things in our life. Uh, with regards to the choices that we've made and do not remove them from us because that is how we learn that they are in fact the wrong choices. We thought that we know better, but we indeed do not know better. Why do we make mistakes in life? Um, that is actually the, the very philosophical question to ask right in the beginning when we ask the consequences. Um, what is wrong and, and if, if we've made the wrong decision, what are the consequences and what is that then when we say the wrong question or the, the, the wrong decision. And that is actually where I would like to place my focus firstly. So we need to do, remember that when you've made a wrong decision, why is it considered wrong? Not necessarily because it's shameful, but more necessarily because it's, it's sinful. You've made a sinful decision. Now, what is sin? Sin is obviously doing the wrong thing, but it's actually meaning to miss the mark. But the moment that you've become a new creature in Christ, sin takes on a different approach. And sin in the approach of a Christian lifestyle means to make something else your Jesus, your Christ, your Messiah. So, for instance, you can't let go of pornography. That's uh, one thing that I can tell you to do. Uh, or use that as an example, rather. You can't let go of pornography. Why is that sinful? Because you feel that you can't live without pornography. That means you've made pornography your Christ, your Jesus, your Messiah. You need pornography in order to sustain yourself. You need pornography in order to live the life that you feel you should live. Now, all things pertaining to life and godliness have been, has been given to us through Christ Jesus, right? We see that in the Bible. So the moment we add to those things, or shift our focus from God, from Jesus, right, from the Bible to pornography or eating or drinking or smoking or whatever the case might be, feel that we can't live without these things. We are making those things our Messiah. We are making those things our Jesus or our Christ, right? We feel that we are being redeemed by them. In actual fact, that, that's not the case at all. That is why we feel or rather, that is why I say that is a sin as a Christian, because we make those things into things that they surely are not. So how does God make us feel, uh, or why does God allow uh, consequences when he, even, when he has grace for us? Right. So there's, the, the second concept that I need to discuss with you this evening is, uh, is grace and mercy, which according to the Bible is two total different things, right? Grace is getting something that you do not deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve, right? So you deserve punishment for the sin that you've been committed. 
uh, or committing rather. But however, we live in the era of grace and mercy. God bestows mercy upon us by not punishing us for our sins. Do you remember the consequences of your choices are not punishment? Right? That is just the natural flow of life. Grace means God gives to us something that we do not deserve. Life eternal, being called God's son, being called God's daughter, being the family or, or included in the family of God. That is something that we do not deserve, but God bestows it upon us through the death of Jesus Christ. Right? So now we're facing the consequences. We've made a terrible decision. Now you're facing the consequences. Right? What does that mean? It means that your decisions, God does not immediately remove us from the situation that we are in, but much rather trains us and uses the situation to His advantage and also to our advantage, even though it sometimes feels like it's leading us to our detriment. Right? Say, for instance, you've made your girlfriend pregnant and you're not uh, married. For instance, whatever the case might be, like some, let's use that as an example. The consequence of that decision will be that you would need to live a life of uh, paternalhood or maternalhood. In other words, you need to be a father of the, or a mother of the child, right? That's what needs to happen. That is important. That needs to happen. That needs to take place in your life. Very, very, very important, right? So now you want God to remove the consequences of your decisions. You say God has forgiven you, you don't want to live the consequences. What that means then is you ask God, God, listen, I've made a mistake, I'm terribly sorry, kill my child. Right? That is not the way that God functions. God does not want anyone to be killed. He does not find favor and peace in the death of any one person. We see that in the Old Testament and in Ezekiel and the books and the likes, right? So that is why God does not do remove our consequences from us. Now I know this is a harsh example, but it's probably the best example that I can give to you. The second thing is he doesn't remove our consequences because he can use that, right? He can use, uh, listen, when I'm saying this, I'm saying this in quotation marks, uh, he can use an unwanted child. I'm not saying that the child is unwanted or you are unwanted, but he can use an unwanted child to a great degree. Have a look at the Bible again. David, uh, the, the prophet Samuel come to anoint the new king and David's dad doesn't even call him to come, right? He shows off all these great sons of his and he leaves David out in the field. That's just one example. Listen properly, I'm not telling you that David was an unwanted child, but I'm using that as an example. The one that God considers holy is not the ones that we consider holy. He does not look on the outward appearance, but the inward appearance. We see that in the book of Samuel. Right? Very interesting. That is God making use of our consequences. That same can be said with uh, Solomon. David sinned with Bathsheba, right? And then the son died. God said, listen, this is your son and he's going to die because of the bad decisions that you've made. And God doesn't heal the son. He actually then allows the son to die. But he gives David a new son, the son of, uh, called Solomon, which we to this day know was the richest king in Israel as well as the wisest man that has ever lived. God uses these things for His kingdom. Then lastly, I want to make a very uh, systematic theological um, statement. Do remember that God is not called of God or surprised by the decisions that you've made. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything that takes place because you're standing outside of space and time. When you've made the decision, he already knows what the outcome of the decision is, as well as where that will lead you to. 
And that is why He is allowing you to do it. Right? That is why God allows us to live the consequences. He's not a puppeteer and we are merely His robots. We are creatures with free will allowed to do what we want. And that is why it's important to choose Him always.